You just got a one-star review for your business. Someone had the nerve to go on to Google My Business and maybe, or maybe a site that was popular in your industry and give you a one-star review with some pretty hard words that you don't particularly like. And now the whole world can see that review and you're not too happy about it, right? But now you're between a rock and a hard place. Do I hide from this review? Do I actually respond to it? Well, in this episode of Solving Inbound, we're going to answer the question, should I respond to negative reviews on social media or online review sites? Welcome back to another episode of Solving Inbound. My name is Connor Delaney, joined by John Becker. And today we are answering the question, should I respond to negative reviews on social media or online review sites? Now, this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. Um, and I thought that it would make sense for John to kind of ask me some questions. And obviously, John, you're going to hop in and, and share any insights and input that you have. Um, but given that this is something that I do in my job and something that we're we're really passionate about teaching. I thought that this the strategy of you really leading the conversation and me getting to to answer questions made sense. Absolutely. I'm really excited to dive into this. And for all of our listeners, Connor, you've produced an entire course on this on Impact Plus, which is all about how we engage with the public on, on social media, on review sites. And it's a it's an inherently kind of a, a tricky position to be in, like you said. Someone goes on to Yelp or Google My Business or something that's industry specific or social media and leaves you a scathing review. I would say, I would guess you're going to say the first thing you have to do is probably take a breath. This is not a time to like, you know, type angry and get back to them. But but I, I love the how we're going to break down this episode today. We're going to talk about why you should should respond, uh, who at your company uh, should do that responding and, and how to actually do it. So super interesting and I think relevant for anyone considering now that there are reviews about every possible type of business you could imagine. So a great topic. Connor, let's, let's dive in first of all. So you say someone should respond to that one or two star review. Tell me why. Absolutely. Yes. If you... Let's start with the cost of inaction. And let's assume, John, that you just left a review on my website. If I just let it sit there and I don't respond to it and nobody looks at it, and maybe that's the only review that's on, let's use Google My Business as an example. If I have one review and John left a one-star review, how likely are you as a buyer to then, and again, you left a review, now you're a second buyer. You, you're the second buyer. There's a one-star review and John said, oh my God, these people are horrible to work with. They just, they never give me a break. They were trying to nickel and dime me, blah, 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 blah. You're probably not likely to want to work with them. And the fact that I didn't respond and even tried, you know, in a sense, even try to protect my business is not a good look. Now you did bring up that you need to take a deep breath and a hundred percent, like I, I, even myself, again, I work in this space. I, like John mentioned, I've done a course on this. I know how frustrating it can feel when someone leaves a review on your website and you're like, you're talking so out of line. Who do you think you are? Um, my business is perfect. To be honest, it's probably not perfect, but also it can, it can mean so much if you, if you respond in a bad light, it's like snowball going down the hill. It's only getting worse from there. But if you take a moment and you say, okay, I'm going to actually respond with some, some authority, some empathy in there, you will get to that. 
Um, but there is a stat that I want to share. And this is why it's so important that you cannot fall into that inaction state. Um, and when I was creating this course a little while back, this stat just blew my mind. And I think it's blown a lot of minds of people who've watched it. Among consumers that read reviews about a business, 97% of those reading those reviews are looking for the business's responses to bad reviews and good reviews. But 97% of consumers will read the business's response to a review. So if you don't respond, you have consumers who are waiting for you to even defend yourself, to even reach out to that person. There's, there's an innate action that people want to see. Like they want to see you move forward and to acknowledge that, hey, you left a bad review. Let's see what we can do. Um, and again, we're going to get to the how in a moment, but just to preface it, like you don't have to just say, man, you're right in a review. You can reach out and try to learn more. There's a lot of steps that you can take that don't exactly lead to you just acknowledging that this bad review was right, but it does acknowledge that you're taking steps towards resolving it most likely. Yeah, I love it. And I think any of us who read reviews online, like I said, Yelp or Angie's List or Google My Business or anything, we've probably seen businesses do this well and do this poorly. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's a truth that people tend to leave reviews only if they've had a great experience or a bad experience. You know, there are a lot of five-star reviews and a lot of one-star reviews and not as many three-star reviews because eh, it was kind of, it was okay. So you have to, I think, from the start, realize that you're dealing with a person who also, you know, might, might be emotional, who might be frustrated, whatever else. And, and as you're saying, Connor, you, you kind of take the high road and respond in a way that acknowledges some of their frustration, but maybe, you know, you don't have to fall on the sword and apologize and say that it was all, you know, all completely your fault. So I love everything that you've covered so far. Let's Let's talk about who should do that responding for your business. Who should be that spokesperson? Yeah, and you know, I'll I want to add one quick point to the, to what you shared because you're 100 right with the five and one star. It tends to be something that's really, I guess you could say bipolar. It's either one way or the other. There's kind of these two uh, extremes, I guess you could say. And the reason that is is because typically someone's name is attached to it, and there's they're putting their reputation on the line in a sense. Um, and that's so important because people it's in the public eye, you know, there's, there's your word of mouth reputation that someone can just kind of share one-to-one -one with somebody, but a public recognition or a public review is something that people actually have to think about and they have to care about. And then when someone leaves a two or maybe a three-star review is probably the best response here. Like if someone leaves a three-star review, they probably don't really care that much because they're kind of like, it was whatever, um, but they didn't love it and they didn't hate it. So they don't really care. Let's um, come to that. But when it comes to who should respond to it, there should be someone at your organization who owns the review process. Um, and when I say review, it's responding to those reviews. So often I see, and I actually experienced it over the weekend, there's clearly a point where someone says, oh, maybe every three or six months, I'm just going to go in and respond to all these reviews. And by that point, you're probably losing customers. And there's probably been some, whether it's great or not, you're losing an opportunity to reach out to your customers and your prospects by responding. 
So I always argue that there should be someone typically on like a marketing team. And I wouldn't say you really need to hire somebody, but you just need to set up a process, especially if you're a smaller team, set up a process for you to review it every week. And, and when they're monitoring it, you know, select your, your three to five most popular platforms that you care about. Again, there are a million websites. John's listed a few. I've listed a few. There are a million different places for people to leave reviews online. But there's probably only three to five from what I've found that you as a business should actually care about. And it's typically going to be something like Google My Business. And depending on where you are, maybe like a G2 or an Angie's List. And then maybe two to three industry-specific websites that you really care about. And when you take the moment to walk, to like review all of that, you're not going to run into, oh, I have to monitor 50 websites. You're going to say, I want to monitor the four that may drive revenue for my company. And you can learn about referral traffic and other um, like direct traffic that people are driving you to. Um, but there needs to be one person who owns it. And if you that's going to allow you to have the tone of voice in your response. It's also going to allow you to train that person on how to manage that. You know, coming from someone who works with communities and is in that space, if you don't if you don't know how to actually respond to these, and there is an art to it. like it's it's not like you just have a copy and paste response. You want to acknowledge how someone's responding. There should be someone who can consistently do that. And again, at Impact, it's myself and maybe two other people who will go about responding to whether it be public criticism or public praise, but we tend to be the voices, the external voices of our space. And that allows us to know that person is trained on how to de-escalate a situation potentially, on how to manage a bad review, but also how to delight someone who leaves a five-star review. You know, if you can reach out to a client or a customer that was super excited about working with you and couldn't say more, they should be rewarded for saying that too. And you should be in a position where you can either gather the input you need to send them a little gift box or even sending them a note, something that just says, hey, thank you so much for sending that. We really appreciate it because that will be a revenue driving review for your business. Yeah, great point. Okay, Connor. Now we're getting into you know, the big topic that I think everybody wants to, wants to know about. Okay, I get it. I get it. But how? How do I do this in a way that helps me keep customers, gain more customers, not look like a jerk, not look like I'm, you know, dodging a bullet? Like, like how do I do this well? It starts with a principle from the seven habits of highly effective people, which is written by Stephen Covey. It's seeking first to understand for before being understood. And really seeking to listen and understand the review and where that person's coming from. Obviously, if they leave a one-star review and say, they're not good, that's not helpful for you. <laughs> and so you have to acknowledge that, okay, they not good is, is not probably a review that was left in, left from a genuine sense of, I didn't like working with them. It probably was just, ah, they, they suck. I don't want to work with them, blah, blah, blah. And, and when you seek to listen, you know, in that, let's say, let's use that one as an example, because more often than not, you're not going to get a ton of really great input on why a one-star review may have been left. Sometimes you will, and those are great opportunities, but let's say they leave a, these guys suck. You're going to want to respond and say, Hey, thank you for sharing this review. Again, acknowledge that they shared it. And this is where you got to like, take that high road. Yeah. I love take it. the high road a little bit. And then, and then say, we'd love to learn more about it, your experience and what we could have done better. Can we set up, can like, how can we connect with you directly? 
Now, there's a couple of things within that statement. First, you're acknowledging that, hey, it's not like you're wrong for leaving this one-star review. If you put them on the defensive, it's only going to get worse. The next thing is wanting to learn more, wanting to understand. And if they left a one-star review and they genuinely aren't happy, they're willing to you know, talk your ear off about everything you did wrong. But it also, again, looks great for you as the business that you're acknowledging and understanding that they may have had a bad experience with you and that the option is there. And the last piece with a bad review in particular is asking to take it up directly. You don't want to have a back and forth conversation on a review. One, it doesn't look great for you, but if they leave really detailed, bad, like a bad response about your company, that's only going to make you not, it's not going to make you look great and it's not valuable because now everyone can just see that you had this back and forth and that they just left more bad. But if you ask to email them or set up a phone call or even set up a video chat, that's great on your business. And then you can go and private message them. You can have that conversation in a place that's safe for them, where they know that they're getting the personal attention, which in a sense is kind of what they want. They want to get attention here. So if you give them that personal attention that, hey, this caught our radar, we want to take care of this, we want to make sure you're felt and heard, that's going to feel great for them. Now, on the flip side, when it's positive, you want to thank them a lot. And you want to acknowledge, thank you so much for leaving this review. It means a ton to us that you continue to work with us. And that gives you the opportunity to delight them too. So if they leave a five-star review and they leave a ton of details, even things like names, they leave maybe dates or progress that they've made working with you. Again, we do coaching and training. And a lot of the reviews that we see, they call out specific trainers. They call out how much growth they've seen over the last three or six or 12 months. They get really detailed and specific. And when you acknowledge that detail, they're probably more likely to then want to tell other people about working with you and working with those specific people. So you want to reward them, whether it be just sending them a really nice message or a video. It may also be sending them swag. You might want to send them an impact t-shirt again, impact being our example, but you might, you want to find a way to make them feel so good that maybe six or 12 months later, they want to leave another review or another team member. And it's only going to make them more and more excited to become an evangelist for your brand down the road. Great. Yeah. Great answer. So kind of, let me ask you one more question before we wrap it up. Are there situations where you should not respond? Are there, you know, I see the, the appeal and the, and the reason behind responding to a negative review, engaging in conversation, showing that you're active and, and that you're um, conscious about becoming better and, and improving experience. Are there times you should just say like, nope, not going there, not going to deal with this. I'd say there's probably two. Um, now, a lot of us may be listening to, to this episode and be thinking, oh man, I got a ton of reviews back in 2019. Should I go respond to those? Probably not. The reason I say that is if you're responding three years later, or you know, I, I typically use the, if you're responding six months later, it's usually not super valuable. But if you're at the one year mark, don't respond to those reviews because at that point, that person's probably moved on. They probably isn't going to drive a ton of value. And it doesn't look great on your brand for you to be responding a year late. If it's a couple of weeks, absolutely get in there. And that's understandable. But a year later, it looks like you're not really monitoring it. It doesn't add value. The other time that I wouldn't respond is when someone is extremely hostile. And it's not common that this happens. But I've seen it in the past where if someone, you know, is using naughty language or is is really is calling out 
more than just their experience with your business, you're either going to want to escalate that to someone, maybe a moderator on the site, or you may want to try and just not even respond on the website and just look to get that review removed. Because typically it's not coming from a place of of helping, it might be coming from just someone who may not be may not be in the right mindset to actually have a conversation. So if it comes off extremely hostile. And again, I usually say if it's if they're going beyond just the business and they're talking about individuals, that tends to not be a look that you want to deal with publicly. Um, but if they're just cursing you out, it's also not it's probably not someone who's genuinely looking to help your business or sit down with you talking either. Yeah. Great, great, great point. So Connor, what's your big takeaway for our audience uh, in answering this question? My biggest takeaway is going to be that you need to recognize where the reviews that you are, are getting are actually most valuable. And it's not something that we talked about a ton on this episode, but I do think it's incredibly, incredibly valuable for all of our listeners that if you're trying to answer reviews on every single website, you're wasting your time. Instead, you need to be focusing on the websites that your buyers and your prospects are mostly going to when they're seeking out reviews, and you need to be responding in a timely manner. So break it down to those three or five sites that are most important to your business. Again, typically like Google My Business is going to be one because it's the first place they may touch on you, and then go to find those industry-specific sites. Once you have those three to five identified, I highly recommend you just really focus in on those and start driving reviews. You Again... I'm just going to plug my, can I plug my course, John? Is that like, plug it. To do? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So, so part of, part of the course is how to generate reviews. And once you have those three or five sites, push the customers that are really happy working with you to leave a review on that site. Don't just say, can you just leave us a five-star review? Cause they're going to go wherever you want. But if you really want to get them on Angie's list, for example, push them to Angie's list, say, Hey, we've loved working with you. We'd love if you could leave a five-star review on Angie's list and leave a link for them to go at it, but drive them to the sites that you care about. And again, recognize, drive them there and make it happen. Awesome. Yeah, great advice, Connor. And I think everybody in uh, our audience has thought about that either as a customer or as a business. And it's something, it's worth it. And uh, the, the benefits are, are pretty clear. Uh, don't avoid them. Don't kind of, you know, be the ostrich and bury your head in the sand. Um, so uh, thank you all for joining us. Until next time, this is Connor and John signing off from Solving Inbound. Thanks for listening. <laughs>